It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. The San Jose Sharks Audio Network is proud to present Sharks Instant Replay. Highlights from the most recent San Jose Sharks game. Final score, the Panthers 3, the Sharks 2 in overtime. Tonight's attendance, 12,276 fans on a Tuesday night at SAP Center at San Jose. Time now for the instant replay as to how everything happened here in this contest. In the first period, the San Jose Sharks got on the power play as Florida got into a bit of penalty trouble, and it would be Captain Logan Couture that would get the goal to put the Sharks in front, 1-0. San Jose behind the net. Here's Meyer centering feet in front. It's blocked. That pass went off of Hurdle. Meyer gets it back. Forsling in agony. Here's Meyer moving in, holding it, throwing it down low. Grab there. Centered in front. Tip by Couture. Score! The Sharks take advantage of Forsling being in pain and down on the ice after blocking the shot. The pass came down, Hurdle tipped it in front, and Couture banged it home. It's the Sharks one and the Panthers nothing. Goal number 20 for Logan Couture. It's the ninth time in his NHL career that he's hit 20 goals in a season. That was at 8-19, a power play goal for the Sharks. Couture's 20th from Tomas Hurdle and from Timo Meyer, And it looked pretty bright for the Sharks at that point. San Jose went on the power play again, but this time a bright light shone for Jonathan Huberdeau, who's been one of the best players in the NHL this season. A minute and 20 seconds left in the Cash Creek power play. Barkoff, the captain of his team, in the penalty box. And the Sharks start to move deliberately out of the zone with Eric Carlson leading the way. He weaves to his right across the line, gains the zone, stick handles, throws off to his left, tipped back toward the point, but Burns has got to let that one go. He dropped back, it's a two-on-one shorthanded. It's Huberdeau coming in with Bennett. Huberdeau shoots, score! Shorthanded, Huberdeau thought about passing it off to his right and put it top corner to tie the game 1-1 with a shorthanded tally for Florida. Jonathan Huberdeau scores shorthanded his 19th goal of the season. That was an unassisted play. Brent Burns didn't have the confidence to jump up, and he was probably right. He backskated on that play, creating the space for Huberdeau to come up ice. There was a two-on-one. Burns played the pass with Bennett, but that was a great shot. Yeah, those those high skilled guys, you give them any opportunity, you know, and it's a tough play for the for a defenseman. You got a bad gap, you just come across because you backed off, and Huberto just you know it shows you why he's one of the best guys in the in the game right now. He just hesitates a little bit, pulls it to the forehand, and and picks a tight little corner to beat Reimer. Jonathan Huberto began the night tied with Connor McDavid for the NHL scoring lead with 83 points. That was point number 84 on the season. Goal number 19 as Jonathan Huberdeau extends his point scoring streak to six consecutive games with nine points in that span, but only one single goal. And in fact, if you go back, you have to find a game on February 24th against Columbus to find his most recent goal scored. So that's eight to seven games without a goal before that uh, goal that he tallied. But still, uh, that was a, a great shot. It was his first road goal since he got the winner in Minnesota on February 18th. All right. 
Now that's that's uh, true. It's uh, really something else. Well, actually, I got that wrong. First road goal for Huberdo actually since well, he had a goal and two assists against the Sharks on January 29th. That was a home game. He hadn't scored a road goal since January 23rd at Seattle. Now that I'm looking at the numbers. Yeah, it's incredible. But <laughs> 65 assists, and we, we oh. knew somebody who also was playing out there that did that a lot for the San Jose Sharks, who had a lot of assists versus goals. And Huberto, you saw that skill that he had, and obviously with the skill he did in, in, in scoring that goal, but 65 assists, you see the skill that that whole team has. One thing that the Sharks coaching staff wants their players to do is sling the puck toward the net because you never know what's going to happen when you send it toward the net. Uh, as they always used to say, shoot the puck for the middle of the net, you might hit the corner, but also just throw it toward the net. You might get a tip, you might get a chance, it might be wide open for a tap-in. You never know. Well, the opportunity came when Tomas Hurdle started to throw it toward the net and just missed a golden scoring chance, but Hurdle picked up the puck again and found Nicholas Molosh in the middle of the slot, and he just let it rip. Lead pass for Leonard across the line, put it off the boards, dropped it back for Hurdle, moves in, shoots one. That's a good save by Spencer Knight. It was a nice little screen layer set up in front by Barabanov, and Hurdle tried to pick the corner. Now a shot. Score! Malosh in the middle of the ice, got a pass, and just let one rip. There was space there. He beat Spencer Knight from about 30 feet out, and Nicholas Malosh puts the Sharks in front 2-1 to one, with 6.02 to play in the first. That was the high watermark for the Sharks in this game. Malosh's second goal, slinging the puck toward the net. That was one that the goaltender Spencer Knight would have loved to have had back. Tomas Hurdle, who pursued the puck after missing that scoring chance, got the primary assist his second of the night. And Mark Edward Vlasic, who got a piece of it, got the secondary assist on the play. So it was 2-1 Sharks at the end of one. Second period was kind of crazy. A couple of chances on both sides. Shots 12-9 in favor of the Sharks. But uh, nothing would really happen except a couple of good saves by both sides of the ice. How about James Weimer? A point-blank save in the second. Pretty good job by Lusterinen as he poked it out to center ice for Florida. Down the left side, Mason Marchman. Lead pass, Lusterinen. Point-blank chance as he gets the pass. And a great save by goaltender Reimer. And we've got a fight on the ice after the whistle. That's Mason Marchment involved with Nicholas Molosh, and again, the linesmen are stepping in between. That happened a couple of times tonight. What we thought would be the start of major altercations, but the linesmen just stepping in between and not allowing it to happen. Meanwhile, James Weimer, a really big save right there on Lusterina, and he would have a lot more in the third period. Yeah, he, he was put to the test there in the third period, a big reason why that game went to overtime, but you know, uh, you know he's been doing that all year long for the Sharks. Meanwhile, in the last 30 seconds of the second period, there were a flurry of chances, and here they are. We're down to 13 seconds left in the second. Hurdle moves in with Carlson. Hurdle spins back to the point. Burns the shot. Save. Rebound off the goal post. Now it's sent toward the net. Hurdle shoots. He had the net, and he missed it. Two seconds to go. One chance. Carlson shoots, and it's knocked away by the defense and by Spencer Knight. And the second period is over. That was the set of chances that Came back to haunt the Sharks a little bit as the post was hit by Hurdle, thought it was in, started to raise his arms. Then by the time he got it down, really couldn't put the really good shot toward what looked like an open net. And unfortunately, it stayed out of the goal. Yeah, in those certain instances in a game against these top teams, you got to take advantage of mistakes they make. And that was one, Barkov icing the puck late in the period, you know, and on the power play. 
and then the post and then the missed shot. And, you know, that happens in hockey. But, you, you know, we kind of looked at each other up here and we thought that that could have been a little moment that could have really iced it for the Sharks. And, unfortunately, they couldn't. The Sharks had a big lead at the end of two periods of play in Florida in January, and the highest-scoring team in the NHL came roaring back to take the win in overtime. Unfortunately, with a minuscule 2-1 to lead at the end of two, the same kind of thing happened to the Sharks in the third. A face-off win, a give-and-go play, and a Frank Vetrano goal at 3:29 tied it up. Golachari's one of those sneaky players they've got on their team. He just gets in front of the net and causes all kinds of problems. Yeah, they get a, a couple really good players and also a couple sneaky players. Obviously, to have that high-powered offense, they get scoring from a lot of areas. Achari to Vetrano. He shoots. He scores. Case in point. Achari sneaks one through traffic. And Frank Vetrano, in the middle of the slot, is able to tie it up 2-2. There's a case of the hockey gods transmitting my thoughts directly to the ice surfaces. Vetrano took that sneaky pass from Achari and tied the game. Noel Achari getting his second assist of the year. Vetrano, his first of two on the night, his ninth of the season at 329 of the third. And all of a sudden, it was tied up at two. Then... Mason Marchment, son of former Shark Brian Marchment, who grew up for much of his youth in San Jose, playing over at Sharks Ice, had what he thought was a go-ahead goal. From the faceoff, Florida all of a sudden winning draws in their own zone. They move from right to left, lead pass. Marchment spins away from Malosh, moving in. Chance! Save made. I think we might. Is it in? It's in! Mason Marchment poked it through Weimer. It looked like he had it for a second. And the Panthers look like they've taken a 3-2 lead. Reimer is arguing this. Marchment moved in, got the shot. He made the save. And on the rebound, no whistle apparently. And it looks like... I think this one's going to get reviewed no matter it, what. It got knocked in. But the question is, who did it go off of? And why did it cross the goal line? And why was there no whistle? Well, not all of those questions were answered, but in the ensuing play, Scott, this was a very big turning point of the game in some respects and could have been a lot worse. But the goal eventually was disallowed. But what happened was that Mason Marchment was pushed a little bit by Nicholas Malosh, and then he pushed his own teammate, Lusterinen, into the goaltender, which caused what looked like it could have been goaltender interference. And the result was a challenge by the Sharks and a call. After Coach's Town's video review, it was determined that number 17, Florida, caused significant contact with the goalie to cause a goal. Therefore, we have no goal. Whoa, no goal. Well, that's the way it was called. But uh, from the press box, we thought it might have gone the other way. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know how these reviews go. I'd love to hear the, the explanation because it looked like a little shove. The play on the ice was obviously a goal, but maybe they thought the, the force that Marchment went in caused it. And so, no goal, 2-2. The third period ended, Florida outshooting the Sharks 16-3 in that third period alone. They really put the pressure on, just as they did in January in their own building, and we were faced once again with overtime. James Weimer made 44 saves in that game in January in Florida. He was coming back from being out for a handful of games because of a lower body injury tonight. With Aiden Hill not available, Zach Sachenko backed up, but he watched James Reimer have really a strong third period, and then he made this big save on Bennett in overtime. Duclair with speed down the right, cross the line, drop pass, three on two, shot right on by Bennett, and the save is made by Reimer. That was uh, Sam Bennett's good scoring chance in overtime. That was the one shot on goal he actually got credit for, but a good save by Reimer in OT. 
That was with 3.53 left in overtime. That set up a face-off. You have to win the face-offs in your own zone, but unfortunately, the Sharks did not, and this is what happened. Off the face-off, though, Vetrano tosses off, gets it back, shoots, score! Frank Vetrano, his second goal on a give-and-go in overtime, beats Weimer from the middle of the slot. That is a game-winning goal for Florida. And the final score, the Panthers 3, the Sharks 2, a disappointing second overtime loss to Florida by the San Jose Sharks. The Sharks have only two losses, both in overtime when leading after two periods of play, and both of them are to Florida. Yeah, you know, obviously it's a, it's a tough way to, to lose, and especially, you know, in, in that fashion. San Jose Sharks dropping back now in the standings just a little bit, although they did pick up one point. They have points in four consecutive games, but they would have loved to have had two tonight against an Eastern Conference team that's the highest scoring in the league. The Sharks now 26, 25, and 8. They've got 60 points in their first 59 games, while the Panthers get a pretty big win in their 60th game. They have 41 victories, 13 losses, and 6 OTs. They have 88 points on the year, and they are number one in the Atlantic Division with that result. Final score once again in overtime. The Panthers, three. The Sharks, two. That's it for our Sharks Instant Replay. This has been a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.